From the feature staff at the Columbus Dispatch, this is Life in the 614. Hi, and welcome to Life in the 614, the official lifestyle podcast of the Features Department at the Columbus Dispatch, coming to you every Thursday. If it sounds like fun, we'll be talking about it. I'm Ryan Smith, Features Editor at the Dispatch, and today I'm joined in studio by my colleague, reporter Julia Aller. There's a lot of really cool stuff coming up, so let's get to it. The annual hip-hop festival will take place at the Greater Columbus Convention Center on Saturday. There will be rappers, dancers, and other performers. And if my kids have anything to say about it, there will certainly be some rap battling going on. The amazingly cool Museum of Biological Diversity at Ohio State University will conduct an open house beginning at 10 a.m. Saturday. This is the public's chance to see its extensive collection of insect, fish, and other animal specimens up close and in person. Each of these is sure to attract its fair share of participants, but it'll be hard to compare with the March Madness that's descending on Columbus. That's right, eight men's college basketball teams will be squaring off on the hardwood at Nationwide Arena beginning on Friday, and the winners will play again on Sunday. All told, the tournament is expected to bring 25,000 people to the city. The question we want to address on today's podcast is, what should all these people be doing when they're not watching basketball? Megumi Robinson, Director of Public Relations at Experience Columbus, promises to have all the answers. After all, I'm pretty sure her job makes her the city's biggest cheerleader. Thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I think everyone in town who likes sports is excited about the upcoming men's tournament game that are going to be held here. Why don't you tell us, first of all, are you going to be going to the, any of the games? Have you been to any of these on past occasions when big games have come to town? Yeah, so I had the privilege, I would say, of going to the NCAA Women's Final Four when they were in Columbus last year. And I say that it was a privilege because the games were sold out and they were for just very, very down-to-the-buzzer games. So there's so much excitement. So this year, I'll actually be probably watching the games from TV. Um, however, I'm excited about that because I always like to see how Columbus looks when they're broadcasting it on, you know, the national news. With all of the excitement that you described about on the court, what can people expect afterwards? I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be coming from out of town. So once the game is over and the buzzer sounds, where should they be headed afterwards? I understand that there are even certain bars that people are sort of assigned to based on the school they're rooting for. Absolutely. So there are a lot of different activities that people can participate in after the games. And the nice thing is that Nationwide Arena is just within walking distance to so many different things. So as you had mentioned, there are team bars. And so we have set up fan bars at some of the different restaurants and bars around the arena district. So for example, North Carolina fans can head over to Gordon Biersch. And so if you're not actually in the stadium, you know, watching the game at the time, that's a good place to go watch and cheer on with your fans and friends. But you also could head there after the games as well. Tennessee will be at Boston's, Cincinnati, at the R Bar, Utah State at Three-Legged Mare, Washington at Half Pint, Iowa at Three-Legged Mare, Colgate at Gordon Biersch, and Iona at BD's. And is there any connection between the type of food that might be served at these places and the fans who are there? You know, are we going to get maybe some pulled pork for the Tar Heel fans? Sure. So each bar is kind of taking it and making it their own experience. And so I would imagine that hopefully some of these bars are just really going all out. So you'll go there and actually they will have some of the colors displayed for the teams. They have some chalk art that actually is being installed today. So once fans walk in, they will feel like they are sort of on their home turf, which is great. I feel like I need to adopt a team now. I'm out of town just so I have an excuse to go cheer them on with cool chalk art. Who doesn't want that? (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. 
what sorts of things has the city done in the past um, to sort of welcome in the people who are coming? And, and is there anything else that's going on along those lines this year? You know, we really like to roll out the red carpet when we have these big events coming to the city because we know that it draws tens of thousands of visitors to Columbus. And so we want to make sure that they have a really phenomenal experience. And not just the visitors, but also the athletes and the coaches, too, because there's a good chance that hopefully they'll come back in the future if we host these games again. So typically they'll do different team welcomes at the different hotels where the teams are staying. Again, we set up these fan bars. So we really want to make sure that they have a really phenomenal experience. I feel like Columbus is really hot right now. I mean, there have been a lot of write-ups in the Chicago Tribune and in the New York Times about little travelogues and places to go when you're in Columbus. What do you hope specifically maybe that people who are here will come away with? Maybe that Columbus residents themselves don't necessarily appreciate. So I think that what we really hope when people come to Columbus is first that they are just blown away by the experience that they've had in the city, whether it's a delicious meal that they've, you know, experienced or going to a neighborhood like the Short North Arts District, going to, you know, the Columbus Museum of Art, something like that. So where they've had a really unique, distinct Columbus experience. But then also really it's our people who I think really make such a big impact on visitors. I think sometimes we take for granted sort of that Midwestern charm that Columbus and sort of, you know, our region is known for, but people coming from, you know, all across the country, we hear this over and over again, that they're blown away by how friendly everyone is when they come to the city. Columbus has received numerous accolades being named, you know, one of the most friendly destinations in the country, and that being a reason of why people want to come and visit the city. So we hope that people take that away once they're here. So for, I think it's pretty safe to assume that everyone coming in is going to be a fan of at least basketball, but I'm sure some of them are fans of other sports as well. So are there any sports-oriented or or sports-themed activities in Columbus that they can go see during their off time? Well, great question. There is actually a really uh, phenomenal exhibition at the Ohio History Center. It is called Ohio Champion of Sports, and it actually just opened, so just in time for these games. And what this exhibition does is it covers the history of athletes from Ohio, as well as coaches, really notable names. So folks like LeBron James, and they will have artifacts and just talk about the history and the impact that Ohio has played sort of in the broader story of sports in our country. So I think that's something that, you know, any sports or history fan would be really interested in. And of course, there's rap basketball over at Cosi. <laughs> and of course, there's rap basketball. How could I forget? <laughs> the most exciting matchup of the weekend, maybe. Absolutely. And for anyone who wants to maybe, you know, get outside, get active, maybe they need to stretch their legs after being at the games for a little while, the Scioto Mile is a great place to go and just walk. You could rent a Kogo bike and you can walk along the riverfront there. You could stop at Milestone 229 for a bite to eat or head on over to Kosai to take in some rat basketball or the National Veterans Memorial Museum, which is just across the street there. So again, everything is incredibly walkable. So um, that's something else that I think visitors will hopefully be really pleased to find when they come to Columbus. For people who maybe, you know, have little kids and can't walk as far or people who maybe want to explore a little wider range in the city, what are some of the other transportation options that Columbus has that they can use? I know we have a lot of really different kinds of transportation. We do. We have all different types of transportation. So that means that it's really easy to get around the city. But definitely the C-Bus is a great option for visitors coming to the city 
activity for all ages. So the C-Bus is a free circulator that runs up and down High Street. And so that will take you from sort of the north end of the brewery district all the way up into downtown, right past the arena district and into the short north arts district. So it's typically on a rotation of about 10 to 15 minutes. And so it's a really easy option for visitors to get around. Of course, we also have Uber and Lyft being popular options. And for those who might be feeling like they want to try something a little more high tech, there are the now driverless shuttles that go around the Scioto Mile. So if you are thinking of heading on over to COSI or the National Veterans Memorial Museum, it is a really short walk, but you could also experience one of the self-driving shuttles. So I have to say, I've seen those and I've always been intimidated. How exactly do they work so that you're not you know, freaked out when you happen to see so, one of those? I think we can all rest assured that they actually, they do still have an operator in the vehicle. So for me, that, you know, of course, brings a lot of peace of mind. But what we find is that a lot of times these self-driving shuttles, they're actually safer than maybe a person who is operating the car because you aren't necessarily concerned about a distracted driver or something like that. But they operate um, on a little bit, you know, slower pace than maybe the normal car driving around. And it is just a reoccurring sort of loop that it takes all around the Scioto Mile. But again, there is an operator in the car just in case, you know, something goes maybe a little unexpected. So Now, it's your job to know Columbus better than anyone, <laughs> certainly better than anyone in this room. Everyone knows many of the big stops in Columbus, right? I mean, we mentioned COSI and there's the Veterans Memorial, there's mm-hmm. the Art Museum, there's the Short North. What are some out-of-the-way places that you might be able to direct people to? That is a great question. So first, I always like to ask people when they ask for those recommendations of what to see and do, well, what do you like to do? So if you are a fan of the arts, I always love to point people toward the Pizzuti Collection. So it is a wonderful gallery that is located just across the street from Goodell Park, and they focus on contemporary art. Just they always do such an amazing job of filling the space with really unique exhibitions, things that are very unique to Columbus. So that's one place I definitely would recommend people checking out. If you are a literary lover, there are a lot of different opportunities. So the Book Loft in German Village, 32 rooms of books in one house so you can actually get lost in the house. And as you just kind of go from floor to floor and room to room, discovering all of these great books, it's one of the largest independent bookstores in the country. You could also head on over to the Thurber House. So James Thurber's Boyhood Home is in Columbus, and they've turned that into a wonderful museum. Or if you're into comics, head on up to the Ohio State University to the Billy Ireland Museum, where they have the largest comic collection in the world. So some really wonderful displays there. If you're into shopping, I know we've mentioned the Short North Arts District, but make sure to pop into a couple of the boutiques there. Tiger Tree has some really fun options. The Candle Lab is very experiential, where you could go in and you could sniff a hundred different scents of candles and then sit at the candle bar, where you can then custom make your own candle. Wow. Now, do you have a sense, based on how past years have gone when we've hosted events like this, you know, should locals stay inside? Is it going to be overrun with people who are so excited (laughs) with their fandom? What are things going to be like for locals? There will certainly be a lot of people, you know, around the arena district. So we do anticipate about 20, 25,000 fans who will be coming specifically for the games. However, I think that we should all embrace it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, you know, you might just want to be mindful. Keep in mind that traffic might be a little bit slower than normal. However, I think this is a great opportunity, again, for us to kind of come out, show our support for these games and make sure to just, you know, participate in the fun. Like Julia was saying, maybe pick a team and adopt them as your own and head on over to the bar so that you can celebrate with those fans. And are there any events related to the games that people can take part in? Not that I am aware of. So 
not specifically for this. And do you have a sense as to what this does for the local economy, having 25,000 people descend upon Columbus? It does. So this is just really phenomenal for our local economy. All of these visitors will be in the city, staying in local hotels, dining at local restaurants. And so it is going to pump millions of dollars into our local economy. And so I think, again, something else that we can expect is that the restaurants will be hopping, the hotels will be mostly full this weekend. And so it really is economic development for Columbus. So, Megumi, what about when locals maybe encounter a fan who doesn't exactly know where they're going or know what to do? What is the best protocol when helping someone around Columbus? How do you be a tour guide in your own city? Yeah, so that is a great question. We actually have a program called the Certified Tourism Ambassador Program, and we have certified over 4,500 CTAs in Columbus. And so this program is designed to make our locals more knowledgeable about the city so that when we have visitors in Columbus, that they can help them get around, find things to do. And so some of the lessons that I've learned from that CTA program is first to, you know, warmly welcome those visitors to the city, listen to what they're interested in, and then, you know, strike up a conversation and and try to point them toward the things that they might want to check out in Columbus. You can also always direct people to experience Columbus.com, where you can find um, a whole listing of calendar of events, different things going on throughout the weekend, blog posts about, you know, different places to eat in Columbus or things to see and do. Also, Sports in Seabus is a great place for sports fans to go to see all of the sporting activities happening in the city. Okay. How do I become an ambassador? I'm <laughs> I, very interested this sounds in this. Great. Don't you worry. I'm going to sign both of you up immediately after this podcast <laughs> is over. But for residents who are interested in this program, go to joinuscolumbus.com. You can learn more about the CTA program. It does, you do a half day training class and it's very interactive and engaging. So it's a lot of fun. We offer these classes several times a month. Then there is an open book test at the end to sort of test your knowledge. (laughs) But again, I think it's a lot of information that a lot of us may have, you know, we realize, oh, we actually did know that. But again, with the um, purpose of just helping us to be more knowledgeable about the city so that we can welcome all of these visitors that are coming for these large sporting events, conventions, or if someone's just even coming for a weekend getaway. Okay, what's an example of one of the questions? I want to see if we know it. Can can we study now? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Well, so I know one of the questions was, what does Sciota mean? Oh, no. I'm I'm going to fail. I I failed already. Okay, what's it mean? (laughs) It means little deer. Oh, little deer. That's cute. Yeah. Okay, Okay, these are good things to know. Exactly. Some of these fun facts to know about the city. So again, you may know some of the things that the class goes over, but you'll also learn a lot of new information about the city. All right. Excellent. Perfect. I need to get on the Columbus Wikipedia page after yeah. this and start brushing <laughs> up. Start studying. Well, we will give you a whole booklet with all of the information that you need to know to help you study for the test. Perfect. Oh, all you right. said it's open book, right? It is open oh, book. then we yes. got this, yes. Ryan. <laughs> Sounds like a slam dunk. I think so. Oh. Uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Looking forward to having some basketball here in town. It is. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming. And thank you all for listening to Life in the 614. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, keep enjoying your own life in the 614.